This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Heavy Play. If you're interested in getting some innovative curved sleeves, or even trying out their equip mag system that connects your playmat, deck box, and dice box together with high-quality magnets, check out heavyplay.com. Use the code DARKDEPTH10 for 10% off your order. Again, thank you to our friends over at heavyplay.com. Enjoy the show. Thank you to our friends over at Magnolia Games. If you're looking for a place to pick up singles for that big tournament coming up, or maybe you just want to do a nice draft with friends at home, use Magnolia Games to help support our show. You, they also have a wonderful buy list, so if you're looking to trade into something a little bit bigger, competitive prices there, online. You also might find them at a booth at a local event. Magnoliagames.com. Check them out and help support the show. Again, magnoliagames.com. Welcome to the Dark Depth Podcast, your go-to place for the modern and legacy format. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and with me, as always, the known killer himself, Michael Mapson. How are you? I'm excited. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good, honestly. It's been a... I know it's only Tuesday, I know we say that all the time, but it's it's uh, been a nice week so far. Pretty easy way to uh, slide into a new week. We're almost in February, which is terrifying, uh, but... You know, I've got a. Uh, I started bullet journaling. Have you ever heard of that before? Yes. Okay. So, uh, for those at home who don't know what bullet journaling is, it's like making a journal that you intend to like draw on with. Um, so it helps helps keep you organized. Uh, for me, it's more like I I'm drawing all the time, anyways. Now, so um, that's not too bad. That part of it, and then in addition, I I'm so many things. Obviously, bet- between the school and family and the podcast and i i need something to help me kind of keep myself organized so this is the way i'm doing it we'll see how it goes and hopefully i i stick with it so eh, fingers crossed okay so you said hopefully you'll stick with it do you think you will stick with it i mean i think i will i mean like i i did a good job with the last thing i picked up which was withdrawing right that's been uh almost a year of me drawing and i'm still doing that more or less every day. I think I can pick up, like, one or more things, especially if they're not, like, super over-consuming. Like, I, I think if I... Uh, this I'm not going to happen with me, right? But, like, I think if it was, like, going to the gym for an hour a day. Like, I, I don't have an hour a day. And I don't think I actually have 30 minutes to do, like, to work out with the time to actually get there and get, like, changed and get back. Like, that's still at least an hour in my mind, so I'm. This is something I can do that is convenient and flexible, and I can fit it in when I need to. Um, I, I definitely do need to fit in exercise. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's um, tons of home body weight exercises you could do. Yeah, I, I've been mostly just like walking, just a lot at night. Um, I like walking at night, anyways, and I get to listen to uh, one of my favorite podcasts. So, you know, it's. There, there are worse ways to spend a, an evening than uh, walking around the streets with my with my lovely pup. So, I don't know. But I, I definitely do need to get exercising more. But I, I think the bullet journaling will be good. I've used it uh, this week. At least I got it on Friday. So, I've been kind of setting it up for myself and trying to add things where, where appropriate. But it's helpful. Uh, how about you? How's this week 
Bingo one so far. Um, well, I have been annoyed because my numbers at work have been uh, not great for this month, and the month is about to end. Um, my numbers have been getting better progressively every month since I started in my position. So to see them fall backwards, as uh, I kind of hate it, but that's okay. You know, it's uh, one month. We're chalking it up as a fluke. Uh, I've already got some great things lined up for next month. So even though I'll be gone a lot, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get back on that positive trend. Um, and it's also one of those things where it's like, my numbers are objectively good for like where I am and like how long I've been in my position. And I understand mm. that. But also, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, you know, if you went to a magic tournament, like f five weekends in a row, right? And like the first time you like don't date two. And then the second time you like miss your winning in for day two. And then the third time you day two. And then the fourth time you top 64. And then you top 32. And then you like top eight or top 16. You know, if you then go back to like, oh, I lost my winning in for day two. Like, it feels really, <laughs> you know, it just yeah. kind of feels bad after uh, after progressively getting better. But like, obviously, there's, you know, there's variance, things happen. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, get back to like that top eight next time. Yeah, and like magic, I always feel like it's funny with like magic. Like we constantly get in the situation where it's like, oh, I went, I went eight and three. It's like, oh, is that good? It's like, no, it's actually awful. It's not good enough for anything, um, which is a real feel bad. I feel like, but uh, you know, if you're if you're winning 70 percent of your matches, like that's fantastic for for, for most people. Uh, it's just it always feels bad, but I, I guess like that regression to the mean. Uh, that has to happen eventually, but you know, if it, even if it is still improvement, right? That's the, that's the goal, right? Month after month, it is it is improving slightly, but the average is. I'm sure I'm sure you'll still uh, keep climbing a little bit. Yeah, you know, I I don't expect to necessarily for the growth to be every month forever. I mean, that'd be mm -hmm. cool. That'd be um, really nice, yeah. But you know, it's just uh, this was a little bit too much of a step back, but. You know, we're going to kick butt in February. I'm excited. I've got Hartford coming up this weekend. Don't, mm -hmm. uh, I don't love, uh, where, I don't know. I just don't love a few things that are happening, but I am still excited to just play Magic. Um, and then, you know, excited for the RC coming up, excited for Chicago. Just a lot of cool things coming up. So what are you playing in Hartford? Unclear. Like, like I know, it's, I know it's an SEG, right? So I got that part, but I, <laughs> I figured you're gonna get up there Friday, and there's usually an event uh, on Friday. You can oh, play. so I'm actually only playing Sunday. Um, oh, okay. I did not take off work for this event, so I work Saturday, and then headed from work. Um, I take the train into work, and I'm taking a different train, fifteen minutes to a different train station. Obviously, that's how trains work. Um, yeah. But then I, there I'm getting on an Amtrak to Hartford. Uh, I'm going to meet uh, some friends of ours who will have battled on Saturday. Should be there in time for dinner. Going to like hang out. Um, and then Sunday I will play and they have a 10K and then I will drive home with them. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a good way to do it. I, I wanted to go, but like it, nothing worked out in my favor. Uh, one of our uh, friends from... I guess I'm not going to out her, but uh, she's pregnant. So she is, uh, this has been an established thing. She's almost due. Uh, her due date is, I believe, on 
Friday, so uh, my wife is going to go down on Saturday, because I don't think she's close to popping, but uh, she's going to go down on Saturday and try to hang out with her while her, her husband's away, um, and she might stay down if, you know, if things start going down, just because uh, her husband works uh, pretty far away, so uh, I should be able to do some pre-releasing on, on Sunday, but up in the air. Hopefully you figure out what you're doing on uh, Saturday. I know I've been, or on Sunday rather, I've been uh, playing a ton of Legacy, so I've been really ugh, chomping at the bit to play some, some paper Legacy, so that's kind of what I would lean towards. Oh, well, to be clear, sorry, I'm, I'm playing Modern. I'm not positive okay. what deck I'm playing. RC is in two weeks. Uh, this is a test run. Okay. I have narrowed it down to three choices. Yeah, we're not locked in. Okay, not locked Is, is it like a... Do you, I know you're working with people. Is this like open information you can say, or is it like something you gotta hold on to for for now? Um, I think it's fine. I won't. I mean, I'm not gonna be. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. So basically, um, and not everybody is locked on the same stuff. I am between rhinos, amulet, and and um, scales. Um, okay. So this is where I'm at. Uh, amulet actually has been like maintaining one of if not the best win percentage for the past couple months um i don't think it's a good deck right now <laughs> which is like uh kind of a crazy take um and you know this is based off of just like looking at all the data from online it's looking at the data from Ghent, looking at the data from brazil i uh, it is a deck that it's definitely been rewarding the people who know how to play it very well which you know i would like to say i'm one of um, cool. Like, if you look at get uh, the expected numbers for people who would qualify, like, based off of the amount of people playing the deck, if you looked at the, ex like, expected number to qualify, like, more people hit that, um, but also the overall win percentage was still, like, kind of middling, um, but, like, it's just, like, the thing with it is it crushes all, like, the tier 2 and 3 decks, but it is, like, pretty bad against the top played decks so like basically everybody has come to the same consensus that the top decks in the format um there's like the big three and then you can extend it to five and so like the big three are like rhinos uh yogmoth and scam like it's just undisputed those are the three most popular decks they're putting up good results that's the big three that's the most things you need to target uh if you extend it to five you get to include murktide and amulet um Amulet is before Murktide, to be clear. Like, it's very clearly yep. Amulet number four, Murktide very clearly number five, and then there's, like, another gap until you get to the rest. Um, the thing is, Amulet is bad against Scam, it's bad against Rhinos, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good against Yawgmoth, and it's bad against Murktide. So, like, those decks, uh, between them, you expect them to make up, like, 40% of the event. Like, actually, almost 50%. Um, mm -hmm. So... Yogg is a good matchup, but if the others are bad, if that leaves you bad against, like, 30% of the field or whatever, and those are the decks you expect to see more as the tournament progresses because they're winning more, it's, like, not a great place to be. Like, yeah, if I get paired against, like, so-and-so and Hammer or Burn or whatever, like, yeah, I might crush them, but my hope is if I'm playing a good deck, I'll beat them anyways, right? Yeah. So it's kind of my fallback plan. If I could find a list that I am comfortable i'm like yes this is favorite against scam it's favorite against rhinos then i will play uh, mm -hmm. i'm doing some f focus testing tomorrow with a couple different ideas i have i just 
I don't think it'll work out. Um, I think scale, so Rhinos is like generally considered the best deck at the moment. Um, it did just win LEC Ghent. Um, it's been crushing it. It's got actually pretty good results against the other top decks as well. Um, it has been getting better. It, like, it's been a lot of innovation on that deck between Tide Tidebinder, Flame of Nord, um, and the great part is like people haven't even come to a consensus. Some people are on Flame of Nord main deck. Uh, some of the Zoomers are like, no, that is a sideboard card. It's good in basically every matchup post-board, but game one, you don't need it. But like, it's great when people are on Chalice or whatever to bring it in. Mm -hmm. So game one, you can play Mystical Dispute instead. Some people are like, Mystical Dispute sucks. I only play one in my deck entirely. Um, so, you know, there's there's obviously the core, but there's some indecision there. And like, do you play one Mute Vault or do you play two? Or do you not play any because why do I want a colorless land in my three-color deck? How many Gemstone Mines do you play? Do you play Magus the Moon? Do you play Blood Moon? Do you play one of the Surveil Lands? How many Surveil Lands do you play? So it's just a lot of questions, but regardless, the deck is doing well. Um, and it's a deck I enjoy playing. It's a deck I think will continue to be good through the next two weekends. Uh, so that's another one of my choices. Scales is actually, I think, like kind of the, the best choice if you can play it well. Um, it is the only deck that is favored against like four of the big five. Uh, it's favored against all of them except for Amulet, which its matchup there is garbage. But <laughs> yeah, bad. It's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's fine because I will gladly be good against 40% of the field or whatever. Um, and of the decks that can say is favorite against the big decks, it's like the only deck outside, and like Rhinos is kind of favorite there too, like I said, but uh, those are the only two decks that are like favored into that top of the metagame, but also like have like an overall positive win rate, like including the rest of the field. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually just think it's a really good choice. I think people are coming with very good plans against Rhinos. And I don't think people are coming with very good plans against scales. Uh, the awkward thing is people keep winning <laughs> with Rhinos playing Brotherhoods in. And that card's a beating. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and yeah, the other... That's true. The other issue is I don't have much experience with scales. Um, so I've been playing it, been trying to learn it. It's going, like, reasonably okay. But, mm -hmm. you know, if the event was tomorrow, I would not feel confident in myself to play it to a point where I'm happy um i'm not worried about like my play deteriorating throughout the course of the day but like i can't start at a c you know like mm -hmm. if i start at 70 percent and i end at 70 percent, that's not good enough mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of my thoughts yeah i mean that's reasonable i know it's a it's a big event i think having the the test run hopefully hopefully uh, will be a good indication of what's happening with the paper meta going into that. I know there's a lot of things that can happen, especially with the uh, set coming out this week. Is it actually legal, the, the new set this week? It is legal in Hartford, um, and there are some cards that can see play. Uh, as we get into the episode, I'm going to talk about a deck that's going to get a lot of shakeups. But um, yeah, it's uh, so we'll see how that impacts things. I'm curious to see how many... Uh, of the new lands people and actually like I said I'm interested in rhinos and that seems like a clear home for them I'm curious to see like will we see any foul cut decks because like the green red surveil land seems very good in there mm -hmm. um, like 
you're a deck that just wants to make your land drops anyways, and then your land drops help. Perfect. <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah, and, like, it's a mountain for Valica. It's perfect. Yeah, I was eyeing up some of them just because I was trying to think if there was, like, a... Uh, well, I guess we can talk about this later. We don't need to talk about this right now, but... Um, I, well, I guess you want to jump into talking about some of the cards from uh, Murders at M- Karlov Manor? Sure. I feel bad because we skipped uh, our planned segment where you, <laughs> you were supposed to take the lead. But, you know what? Screw you anyways. Uh, yeah, it's fine. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, my my legacy, I'm playing, for those at home, I'm playing Sultai Beams. The deck is still good. I'm stifling people. I, I'm like 20, it was like 22 and 3 or something like that in, my, in like five leagues. The deck's very good. I'm very happy with it. I got three trophies this week. Um, I need to stop playing more uh, Moto because I've been neglecting my family. But besides that, it's been it's been a great experience. Um, <laughs> I really don't want to be convinced that deck is good because then I need to buy another Underground Sea. Yeah, I own almost none of that deck, so I <laughs> I need to buy and borrow so much of it. But I I have been enjoying it and it. It ends up just being like a little bit bigger than Delver, which it, which I know sounds dumb, but like being that that size and that speed in this format, I think is, is a good place to be. I think Delver ends up being not resilient enough in a lot of situations, can't grind as hard, which is one of the reasons I actually like the blueback scam list. Um, having access to reanimates make it a, lo- a little bit easier to win, like the the bowmaster battles and things like that. Um, you essentially do the same thing with the bugs list. I mean, you have like Witherbloom Command, which is normally back buy back my wasteland, and I'm gonna kill your Bowmaster, or I'll kill your DRC. I'll kill. I got to kill a Thalia, which was nice. Uh, buying back wasteland uh, to you know kill one of their only lands. Um, pairing that with Stifle, like I end up having a game versus the uh, land deck, like a tr- traditional. I'm playing Grove of the Burn Willows. Uh, lands deck, and I ended up grinding them out because I had Wasteland and Witherbloom Command and looping it with my uh, Mystic Sanctuary. Like, the deck is just capable of doing a lot of things that are kind of messed up uh, when you're doing them repeatedly, and obviously you still have the, you know, up the Beanstalk and Murktide Regent. Like, it's, it's really easy to close out games uh, from that position. So, I've been happy with it. I think it's, if I were playing a... Legacy GP, if I was playing uh, FNM, either way, I'd be playing that deck tomorrow. Alright, that, that was less than five minutes. That's perfect. Yeah. 22-3 is pretty good. It It is pretty good, yes. It, and, like, you know, some of it was um, playing tight, some of it was getting lucky, but, I mean, the deck performs pretty consistently. Um, and, again, the deck does draws enough cards and sees enough cards that, like, it's very hard for you to, like flood out in games. That just that just doesn't really happen. And especially with... Uh, uh, I, I really cannot talk strongly enough about Witherbloom Command because the card just seems... Every mode has been relevant at some point where I'm like, I'm, I'm racing, I need to drain your uh, drain life, I need to kill your Bowmaster or your Delver, I need to uh, buy back Wasteland, or I just need a fetch land in general. Like, a lot of... A lot of things the deck does or wants to do is just get solved by Witherbloom Command. Like, I've killed so many Chalice of the Void <laughs> with that card, where, like, I have Fourth of Will, and they're just like, Chalice on one. I'm like, oh. Nah, that's cool. You got it. <laughs> and then I then I kill it, and they get back, like, another lane from my graveyard, and they're like, okay, that's how I die. This is how I die. Like, yeah. So, okay, that's enough about beans. We've talked about enough about beans. Let's talk about 
Murders at Karloff Manor. And let's also see how many times I call it Murders at Markov Manor, which still will be the bane of my existence at pre-release, I'm convinced. Haven't messed it up once, but I also don't think I've talked about the set, really. Um, So, yeah, so we are going to try something new. Um, As we kind of discussed last week, I hate set review episodes. The only set review episodes that I really recall enjoying are the constructed criticism pick two set reviews. So, since nobody came up with a better idea... Um, which does include me. I'm not like like I'm not calling anyone out to be clear. Um, mm-hmm. But since we all, including myself, let me down, um, we are we are just copying them. Uh, although they did pick two, and we are picking one. Uh, but there's two of us, so it's like we picked two. Um, yeah. You know, there's three of them, and they both they all pick two. So really, there's a pick six, but pick six set review doesn't rhyme. Pick two, so. I'll let it slide. Um, but okay. yeah, so we're blatantly copying uh, blatantly copying our friends at Constructed Criticism, who blatantly copied their friends at Even Odds Podcast, which is kind of fair because one of the hosts of Constructed Criticism was one of the hosts of the Even Odd Podcast. So, you know, can Mason really steal from Mason? Unclear. Um, but we definitely can. So, yes. And we do have their blessing, to be, to be fair. Um, you know. So it's cool. Uh, we kept their same category, uh, most of their same categories, slight modifications. Uh, but basically, so we're going to describe a category. Uh, Billy and I both individually picked one card that speaks to us for that category. And we're both kind of going to take turns taking the lead to s- talk about like what we like about our card. Um, so Billy, you are up first. So you're first hopeful. So a card that you hope will see play Um you know, this might be a card you enjoy for some reason or another. You're not sure that it's over that line, but, like, you think it might be there. Uh, so what do you have? Uh, the one that I, comes to mind when I think of this set is Insidious Roots. Uh, one, it does have glorious art, which is, which is amazing. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, I think it's still available in the art group. So check that out. Uh, but the Insidious Roots, for those who have not seen it, is a green and a black... Uh, for an enchantment. Uh, creature tokens you control have tap, add one mana of any color. And also, uh, whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, create a zero one plant, uh, green plant creature token, then put a plus one, plus one counter on each plant you control. So uh, there's just so many things here, but I think this card itself can just be an engine. It can just do everything you need it to do in a very nice package. Uh, the fact that it actually creates creatures um, from creatures leaving the yard for any reason uh, is fantastic. Obviously, we're in a set talking about um, surveil, yes, but we're also talking about evidence. So there's a couple synergies there with you know p- paying evidence costs and things like that. Um, the thing I actually really like, though, is like you were talking about cards like uh, Narcomoeba. You're talking about cards like um, Icarid. Uh, you're talking about cards like uh, Bloodgast, right? The, a lot of these cards that can come out from the graveyard sometimes multiple times, and that's not even the only way this happens, right? This happens even if you um, exile your own card with like Relic of, Relic of Progenitus or something like that. So there's a lot of like kind of interesting ways that uh, you can get triggers off this. The fact that it puts a plus one, plus one counter on these plants means that the first one even though it starts off as a 
Um, and actually, it doesn't even start off as a 0-1. It starts off as a 1-2, because uh, it comes into play as a 0-1 and gets a counter, which I think is obviously relevant. Um, you know, it's all part of one ability. Uh, I guess, I'm trying to think, I guess even if you're talking about a like a negative one, negative one effect, like Plague Engineer, it would come into play as a 0-0 zero, zero, and then get a 1-1 one, one counter, so it would still survive that even, which is... I think that's relevant. Um, and also, this is like one of those cards in Cedius Roots in multiples, I think it's really gross, right? Like, you get you have two in play, you get that Narcomoeba, it comes back into play, you get a plant that becomes a 1-2, and then you get a second plant, which will become a 1-2 and make the other one into a 2-3. Uh, like, that's that's nice. That's, that's a win con right there, so... I'm hoping this sees play. I think this deck would be very interesting. And again, not exactly sure of the specifics yet, but uh, I think even some baseline engine with uh, Bloodgast, uh, Gravecrawler, and Narcomoeba is a great starting place for this kind of... Yeah, so generally what they would do is uh, the other host would comment on the card, but I'm actually going to come back to this card later in mine, so I'm going <laughs> to hold off. Um so my first is um it's one of the cases uh so it's case of the gateway um so i'm not sure if everybody knows how cases work so i'm just going to explain that real quick uh case is a new enchantment type they look reminiscent of a saga or um, the classes um, and so what you do is you pay the mana cost obviously uh, when it enters it'll have a first ability um, it's usually a static, it could be a trigger or whatever. So it comes in and does that thing. And then it will have something that says to solve. And so that is a condition you need to meet in order to solve it. Uh, I know I've heard a lot of people incorrectly say when you solve it, it just, that happens and then it's just solved um, moving forward or like, you, so you can solve it in the middle of the turn or saying that at the end of the turn it automatically solves. That is not true. Um, but I can definitely see how people would have gotten that from the way it is templated. Uh, I only got it because I looked up what the rules were. And <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I wasn't trying to come on here and say the wrong thing. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I'm not going to call out any other podcast, but I know there is somebody who during their set reviews that I do listen to, even though I don't know why. Actually, I do know why, but... Um, <laughs> do I have to edit this out now? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because um, I'm, I'm literally not going to say any names. They Like, okay. I've heard them say incorrect things about cards multiple times. And, you yeah. know, they're pretty good about, like, apologizing when they catch it. But I'd rather just not mess it up. Um, but anyways, so you meet the criteria. Uh, and then at the end step of the turn, you meet the criteria. It is solved. And then moving forward, it has the solved ability. Uh, so this is one in a white, and when it enters, you choose a target creature you don't control, and each creature you control deals one damage to that creature. Uh, to solve it, you need three or more creatures to have attacked this turn, and then if it's solved, creatures you control get plus one, plus out. Uh, so this is hopeful, because I don't actually think it will see play in Modern or Legacy. I do think it might see play in Pioneer, but I do think it would be cool to see it in Modern. I just... There's, like, not really aggro decks in modern or legacy i feel like um mm. you know we have like rhinos is like a very aggressive tempo deck um and like we i guess we do have prowess but like outside of that it just feels like we don't have aggressive strategies and i think this is 
really nice for those um, because it comes down as removal, but then, you know, it actually sticks around and does something. Uh, and of course, it's, you know, it's very conditional removal. Like, you know, this probably isn't killing like a turn three Murktide regent, but I, you know, I do think it is a strong card. The, the one thing I do like about this that I think that's kind of sneaky is that it's each creature you control deals one damage to that creature. So if your creature has death touch, it'll just murder it. Yes. And if you have lifelink, you'll gain the life. You'll gain the life, yeah. Um, and there are, like, a lot of, like, kind of, I don't want to say, like, odd effects, but there's, there's a lot of effects where it's, like, if this deals damage, you, um, you know, you scry or something like that, right? So I think if you can pair it up with something like that in addition, like, that seems really nice. Um, I, I definitely see this card, yeah, definitely being at least moderate, or maybe not modern, but definitely, like, pioneer-level yeah. um, strength. Like, I just think this card's better than ossification in the mono-white decks. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and like, you know, it's not strictly better because sometimes it won't work, but I think more mm-hmm. often than not, this is going to be an increase. Yeah, I mean, I think even even if this ends up just being like a, you know, your opponent has no creature, I'm just going to play this um, case just to attack with three creatures and solve it so I can have an anthem for the next turn. Like, that's, that's still fine. Um, it, and it also pairs well, again, with like things from... Uh, in Pioneer and Standard, uh, like Wedding Announcement, for example, putting a bunch of tokens out into play and being able to ping them up like that. It's fantastic. Um, and also, these don't even need to be creatures that need to attack necessarily. Like, there are a number of plants and crabs and things like that you could make that will still deal damage even though they don't have power. Okay. So that one. So you're up. What is your sleeper? All right. My sleeper. Bear with me is Illicit Masquerade. Um, Illicit Masquerade, if you haven't seen this one, and this was definitely one I think that has kind of slid under the radar in terms of um, how much I've seen people talking about it. Um, It is a three generic and a black for an enchantment with flash. Uh, When Illicit Masquerade enters the battlefield, put an imposter counter on each creature you control. When a creature you control with an imposter counter on it dies, exile it. Return up to one other target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this ends up just doing a lot of like really wild things. Um, it one is putting a counter on each creature you control. So as long as you have, we'll say like two creatures, nothing nothing wild, just two two is a good number. Um, being able to, and again, I'm I'm going wild with graveyard stuff here. Uh, I'm my mind keeps wanting to think about this in terms of. Uh, if I can remember the name of the card, uh, Return to the Ranks and like Rally the Ancestors, like that kind of effect. Uh, but because of, you know, the fact it's only four mana, it doesn't need to be something that intense where you have to have everything have, you know, mana cost two or less or something like that. You can just have your uh, Stitcher Supplier die and return a Gristlebrand, right? This this literally just Pattern of Rebirth, <laughs> um, but it just has to be in your graveyard. Which I don't think is actually that big of an ask, all things considered. Like there are there are definitely some things that I could imagine it this would be difficult to do. I it's gonna be hard for me to get this card into the zone, sure. But like I can kill plenty of creatures on my on my own. And I think there's a lot of situations where like my opponent would want to also kill this kill this creature. It makes sense to want to get a uh, maybe not a thought I was gonna say like a Thali or something like that, but uh, something annoying off the battlefield. Um, 
in black, or you can just like sacrifice it to itself. Um, you know, if you're talking about or to another card, maybe you're doing the uh, what's that? Two generic and a black that has escape. Um, I forget what the card is. But Woe Strider. Yeah, and like something like Woe Strider, you go into combat, you double block, uh, double block something, it doesn't particularly matter. Uh, you play Illicit Masquerade, and suddenly you get cards back in your graveyard that maybe it's another, maybe it's just two Woe Striders, uh, or maybe it's a Woe Strider and a, uh, a Tassiker. I don't know, I'm just making up cards at this point. But I do think there's some interesting things that could happen with a, a card like this, especially if you're going to be, if you're planning on scaling up um, throughout and you have some kind of discard or mill uh, selection ability to do that. Like, this could be a very powerful card for a very cheap um, entry cost. Four mana is, is definitely not a ton, especially if you end up with an Archon of Cruelty or something. Yeah. This card was actually almost... Uh was almost my favorite. This was definitely a runner-up. I just think this card's really cool. Um, And I do think having protection against board wipes, even though board wipes aren't super common right now, is always nice. Like, Mm. if you are overwhelming them and they're just like, okay, time to fix this mess, and you're just like, nope, remember that earlier mess? It's back. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's got a chance. So, my sleeper is Delny Streetwise Lookout. Uh, and I apologize if this is actually not a sleeper because I don't actually feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about this set. Um, but this card is really cool. Uh, I know I've brought it up in places and it was kind of just like immediately dismissed. Um, but this is two and a white for a two two. Creatures you control with power two or less can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater. If an ability of a creature you control with power two or less triggers, that ability triggers an additional time. Um, so we have seen some value-oriented decks based on, you know, like I think of there was a deck that was playing like Wall of Omens and Wall of Blossoms to like Eldritch Evolution into Omnath. Uh, and like, you know, I can just picture having Delny and then being like, okay, Wall of Omens, draw two cards for two. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's really good. Like now I have two cards and I have a blocker for your Ragavan. Like, that's actually very good. Um, thankfully, Solitude has three powers, so that doesn't work with this, but (laughs) that would be brutal. But, you know, there's just lots of other effects. Um, Coiling Oracle, um, Icefink Waddle, not one that we see much of anymore, but, like, that's a good hit. Um, Stoneforge Mystic, there's just, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of value plays you can do with this card. I just think it's really cool, and, um, you know, we have the Soul Herder deck. Like, could you imagine, like, you get to flicker your Ewet, and now you get two triggers off of it. Um, so you can bring back, like, your Time Warp and something else. And I just think it's very easy to, to just go nuts with this. So let me let me throw some other stuff at you. Let's, let's go from le- less cool to really cool. Um, how about I do a Trinket Mage? Something nice and, nice and easy. That's not bad. Get two two artifacts there. Uh, what if I gave you a Orcish Bowmaster? Yeah, that's pretty good. What if I gave you a Monastery Swiss Beer with the prowess triggers on the stack? Hmm. I feel like... Come on! Uh, like a Lava Spike and a Lightning Bolt 
just in response, yeah. I get four triggers for uh, the price of two. You're losing me. Because then you're putting what? Because then you're putting a bunch of you, then then it's awkward. Cause you have to put like a bunch of spells into your deck where you want like a bunch of creatures. You know. Mm-hmm. Very <sighs> restrictive. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That that's not. It's not good enough. That's not good enough. Um, what if I did? Gosh, that's just that's, that's actually not a good one. Um, my brain wants to do a Hapatra, um, but that's probably not great. But like Blood Artist would be really nice if you wanted to do Blood Artist or like Zulaport Cutthroat or um, Hapatra. Like if you're talking, I'm just talking things about from the uh, Yogmoth deck. Uh, but even this actually does allow you to trigger off of something like a uh, the Surveil trigger from, if I can remember the name, um, DRC. Um, also, you can trigger this off of a stalactite stalker, right? Um, at least for the first, the first two abilities, or I guess maybe the first one or the second one. Uh, being able to get to two power or less is kind of difficult there, but I don't know. There's there are definitely a lot of things you can do with this. Um, this has been seeing a lot of waves in uh, CDH, um, which is a very powerful effect. Being able to double something like a, a Doxide extortionist in that format, uh, but there are definitely plenty of things you can do in. In, in modern or maybe even legacy, that would be uh, equally as powerful. Yeah, you could do it in the Sam Samwise deck. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, get the ability. I was gonna say, does does that trigger is the replacement effect? I guess a uh, manufacturer. I wasn't sure if that's a, a manufacturer's or replacement. Replacement. So it wouldn't trigger off that, but it would trigger off Samwise. It would trigger off of uh, the cat. familiar. Yeah. yeah, like that seems. That's fine with me. I, I'll manage. All right. Can we talk about the modern hit then? Yes. Okay. This is a card that I saw people talking about at some point and then just kind of dropped off for some reason. This one is Reenact the Crime. And the cost is a little bit prohibitive, right? It's one generic and three blue pips. So four mana total. Uh, it's an instant. Uh, exile target non-land card in a graveyard that was put there from anywhere this turn. Copy it, and you may cast a copy without paying its mana cost. I think this card's gross. I don't... <laughs> I'm very confused. I haven't seen people talking about this more. Um, I think this card's really messed up. Uh, the fact that you can just, like, discard stuff at some point and then cast it at instant speed is is dumb. And we should be embarrassed that this exists. Um, can you <laughs> just like bear with me? Uh, you can play a card that may be playable, something like I don't know, Fable the Mirror Breaker, um, and then you can just discard a creature of some size. I don't know if you want to go go ham. Maybe you go ahead and discard a omniscience. Maybe you discard an Emrakul, and then you just decide I'm just going to reenact the crime. I'm going to cast this for free. And I have all my mana saved up because I haven't done anything yet this turn. Like, I think there's a lot of, like, really powerful hits you can do with this kind of a card. Um, the fact that it isn't instant means that, like, you can actually do some really cool stuff at the end of your opponent's turns. Um, obviously, we're not going to do anything with, like, Stinkweed, uh, Putrid Imp, right? That's uh, Legacy Legal, at least. Um, but there are there are some cards that you could use to discard at instant speed. Um, something like Thrill of Possibility. I don't think that's great, Great though. I think you want something that's free. Um, 
So the one thing I think that would actually be really, really nice would be uh, Rafine. I think Rafine's a really powerful card, right? But the fact that it triggers off of an attack means that you can just, like, in combat, you know, I'm going to connive one, I'll discard whatever, uh, and again, I'll say omniscience, and I'm going to reenact the crime um, that curved from three mana into uh, four mana, I think is a really nice position, and I think that's what you would want to kind of focus on. Um, Fable the Mirror Breaker into this would be good. The discard's not at a great time, which is kind of the unfortunate thing, so you'd have to have an extra mana uh, laying around somewhere. I'm not sure if that's going to be a deal breaker or not. Um, <clears throat> but there are, I mean, there are, there are some other cards that allow you with free activations or, you know, scheduled activations, if you want to call them that, that I think this would be very good with. Yeah, I mean, this card is in blue. You can play it with uh, Jace Rune's Prodigy and Rona. Um, mm. Oh, yeah. Already, you know, pretty good in your combo deck because they help dig you <laughs> to the combo. Um, mm. But then also, you know, can trigger this... Well, not trigger, but set it up, you know. So mm -hmm. definitely something you can look at. Like you said, Fable, I think, is good. I mean, you could just play your Fable on turn four and do this on turn five. Like, yeah. that's the thing about Fable is it's good at basically every point in the game. It's like, oh, do you have at least three mana? Yes, Fable is good. Flowchart done. If no, mm -hmm. not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah, not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think the triple blue is kind of would scare people off too, but like... I could see, like, we had a point in time we played, like, a, like a Blue Moon deck. Like, I could imagine that deck also kind of wanting this kind of effect if you built it, again, with Fable the Mirror Breaker or something like that intentionally. Um, there, there definitely are some other cards I think that would, would be cool. Um, I didn't I don't know why I didn't think about Jace Arona, though. Uh, that's a really good way just to start filtering through your deck. My brain always was going towards, like, effects like the... Uh, Gosh, I, I should know this card. Uh, it's a blue mana. You look at the top three cards and you put one of them into your graveyard. It has flashback. I um, can't remember what the card's called. It's from Midnight Hunt, I believe. It has, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It's one mana. It, Drudge plays it. Um, Otherworldly Gaze. Otherworldly Gaze. Thank you. Um, like in a like a mono blue shell, which I think would be interesting as well. But I think that might be too cute. But I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of things that might work for this um the other one i was thinking of just to get this out of my head too the other one i was thinking of was uh territorial kavu just because it has the ability to to loot so you could loot something kind of kind of dumb I, i'm not sure exactly what you want to put into play off that or if that's something you'd want but the fact that it is a free uh looter that can very easily be a, a three three or a four four or something like that depending on how you build the mana base i, I think that would be a, a really nice place to to put some stock to. And I think it's hard to deal with the Kavu just in general, you know, being a potentially a two mana, uh, two mana five, five. Um, if reenact the crime comes afterwards and you end up discarding something kind of dumb, even if it is like a, uh, let's say a sign of Draco, which you could probably just cast anyway. It's probably a bad example, but I don't know. It, thoughts, all thoughts. Yeah. Um, so you did mention the triple mana cost does make it a bit clunky. I definitely agree with so i'm not sure if this is better than doing the current reanimate stuff that exists not that that is super played uh but one thing that is interesting is this also works well with um the elementals uh just like oh, it yeah. seems to everything else and uh, the <laughs> yes. the reanimate deck 
does play Grief and Solitude. So, like, mm-hmm. I know that's not the plan you want with this card, but, like, the backup plan of, like, I will Solitude, exile that, reenact the crime, get my Solitude back is, mm-hmm. you know, not the worst thing. No, and honestly, too, like, if you can... I didn't even think about just doing that with Grief, like, being able to just, like, evoke Grief, target your opponent. If they have something juicy, that's great. If not, you just get reenact the crime. Like, that's a fine plan B. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my my dream is that I would like to um, have somebody like try to combo off or something like that, and just like reenact the crime and take their their good card. I don't know. Uh, that's something I can imagine doing versus the oh, what is that deck called? Uh, Cephalid Breakfast, like where they're just like, oh, what's happening? And then you're just like, this is happening. Uh, well, again, maybe that's not good enough. Maybe that's too too niche. But I, I think the card is definitely has some potential. Uh, what about you? What was your your uh, modern hit? Okay, so I'm cheating and I'm naming two cards. Uh, pick two, baby, you know? Um, <laughs> so this is where I'm going to bring back uh, your Insidious Roots. And mm-hmm. I'm also going to combine it with Chalk Outline. And the reason I get two is because these cards go together. So we've already talked about Insidious Roots, so you should know what that is. But um, as a reminder, it's the one where when your things leave the graveyard, uh, you get to make a plant. Billy was talking about. And then Chalk Outline is also an enchantment that also deals with the graveyard. It is not coming up on my Scryfall because I spelled it wrong. Um, But anyways, so it costs three and a green uh, for an enchantment, and it's whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, you create a 2-2 white and blue detective creature token, then investigate. Um, So four mana is obviously a lot. Perhaps it is too slow for that reason. Um, but I do like both of these cards with um, the Asmo shells. So lately we've been seeing a lot of red-black Asmo, uh, but previously it used to be a lot of green-black. I'm not sure if you can go John because you do probably still want to be an Urza Saga deck, but a lot of a lot of these effects work really well together, right? So if you think of um, Underworld Cookbook, discarding the four-drop... Um, Oval Chase Deer Devil. There we go. Discard your Oval Chase Daredevil, uh, and then it, you know, automatically comes back to your hand. It triggers both of these, so you get this guy, and you get <laughs> you get your plant, and then you get to put counters on things, because you get to stack. Uh, well, I guess the, the Insidious Roots only puts it on plants, rather. But yeah. both of them can tap for mana, which then the next turn you can use to Investigate if you want. Um, you can also play Soul Cauldron in that deck. Uh, which I think is probably underplayed with Asmo anyways. Uh, mm. Asmo is powerful, but fragile. So uh, she can die very easily, and being able to put that ability on everything else is really good. Not to mention Soul Cauldron, plus putting counters on all your plants is really busted. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not sure what other effects you necessarily have in that deck, but can definitely go kind of nuts like i can imagine having it be um a stalactite stalker deck right and because that works really well with underworld cookbook as well and then you put counters on those plants and now all of a sudden you just have like infinite removal spells yes they cost three but like you have infinite of them and also they tap for mana so it's fine (laughs) yeah um so i can definitely just see a very strong engine going there honestly if 
there was a week between Hartford and um, and Denver, I would be playing this deck in Hartford, and I would be spending a week trying to figure it out. Uh, and, you know, maybe that would be a wasted week, uh, but it would be a fun week regardless, and I think it would be relatively good. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Avmo Shell, I mean, I, we haven't talked about this too much, I guess, but I, I think the Avmo Shell is still just powerful. I think combining that card and uh, Earth Saga is never terrible, uh, but the things you get to do in, in Modern with it especially, it, it, it's not like it... I'm trying to make sure I say this correctly. Uh, it's nice the fact that Asmo is its own engine, and it's a small package you can put into a deck. Um, if you add in Insidious Roots, you add in the Chalk Outline, maybe, maybe they're, they're too much mana, right? But, like, they're also just, like, small engines. So having just more and more small engines uh, working synergistically, I think, is never, uh, never to be underestimated. All right, well, let's see. Uh, Legacy, I don't know if you had the same issue that I did, but, like, I think for Legacy, it's not, like... They're, they're not, like, huge, like, monumental, game-breaking things. They're like, this is nice. This could be good. Uh, I think it's harder to break into the Legacy format. That is true. And, you know, part of me was like, do we just say hits and then not specify? Um, you know, that is what um, CCMTG does, but, you know, they are not focused on Legacy and Modern like we are. They're more broad. Um but I'll be honest, when I was thinking about giving up, I was like, you know, Gavin said there are legacy cards in this set, and Gavin's our friend. Gavin wouldn't lie to us. So here we are. There's legacy cards. Maybe we found them. Maybe we didn't. <laughs> maybe we didn't. Uh, if there are legacy cards, I think one of them is probably Long Goodbye. If you haven't seen this one, it is uh, a generic and a black for an instant uh, destroy a target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. But the best part about this is that it cannot be countered. Um, and I think with this format where you're looking at a bunch of, not a bunch of cards, but there's a number of cards that have ward that are super annoying. Um, you know, if you're talking about this in Legacy, we're talking about a format that is rich with days and it has force of wills. It has uh, force of negation, right? The fact that it just can't be countered is very relevant. Uh, I think a lot of the decks that you would want it against, obviously, would be uh, playing blue, have access to blue. Um, and, you know, if you're talking about something like uh, Teferi Time Raveler, you can't really fight that effectively with counter spells. Uh, this does it for you. It's just all in one package. Very neat. Um, and obviously, you also get to tag, like, you know, maybe you want need to kill a rhino, maybe you need to kill um, a construct token or something like that. It'll do that for you as well. Yeah, this card seems good to me. I mean, Abrupt Decay was always good. So, mm -hmm. well, I don't want to say always, but like... Always, but... There, like, I don't think there's ever been a point in time where if somebody played an Abrupt Decay, you'd be like, what is wrong with you? You know? And this is... Embarrassing. <laughs> this is just basically easier to cast Abrupt Decay. Like, yes, you miss on, like, Blood Moon and a few other things, but I, I think this card is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, Joe. I, I think it's definitely has a has a shot to be to be something to be a contender um i i, I don't know if i can double up here or if you particularly mind but uh pick your poison that is definitely one that has to i think in a number of formats it's just a very solid sideboard card um 
For those who haven't seen this one, it is a one green for sorcery. It's common, but uh, each opponent sacrifices, uh, choose one. Each opponent sacrifices an artifact. Each opponent sacrifices an enchantment. Or each opponent sacrifices a creature with flying. And again, we, we've seen this a number of times. Uh, being able to make your opponent sacrifice a creature, whether that is a, a Merktide Regent or a Merit Lage, uh, it's just good text. It, it is good value. It's one mana. Can't really beat it. Um, the fact that you also get to, you know, potentially get somebody's Carpet of Flowers. Maybe you get somebody's Sylvan Library uh, with this card. Or maybe even it's just like, I'm going to get your Fable the Mirror Breaker. Or I'm going to take away your Crow Mock that you've been sitting on. Like, there's a lot of, lot of good things there. Um, obviously, it's not going to, it's probably not going to be able to hit uh, your opponent's chalices and things like that. But, you know, maybe. Yeah. I actually think this is much more of a modern card than a legacy card. Uh, but I do think it is good. Uh, this is, I know, something that I've looked at for Titan. I've seen people look at it for Yawgmoth. Uh, but just being able to go, oh, you have a Blood Moon? No, you don't. Oh, oh you have a Chalice? Yeah. Like, especially, like, think about it against something like uh, Merktide has been known to bring in Chalice against me, and they've been known to bring in Blood Moon. It's, it's just, like, one card that can deal with both of those, right? Or, like, yeah. against Four Color, another deck that plays um, Chalice, that also plays, like, Leyland Binding, that, by the way, is also, I think, a good choice um, <laughs> for, for upcoming events. Oh, yeah. um, as I think it should be favored against Scam. It's definitely favored against Rhinos. I've had the numbers for it have been really bad over the past few months, but it seems to be skyrocketing the past week in terms of win percentage. Um, anyways, getting off topic. Um <laughs> Like, pick your poison and Yawgmoth, where it can answer cursed totems out of people's sideboards, or, like, Leyline of the Void. Um, it's just a very good catch-all. Yeah, and even, oh, the, I guess, out of Verse Yawgmoth, too, like, you can hit, the, like, their Soul Cauldrons. Probably not the speed you want to be going with, with that kind of effect, but um, it, it just it's very flexible. I, I think it's one of those cards that you are never really unhappy to see. Um in the format, and like you mentioned too, like the fact that it can hit Marktide Regent and Blood Moon <laughs> with one card is, is fantastic. Yeah, I really wish there was a way that you could like double up the value, kind of like with Flame Sylvanor, but um, mm. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, how about you? What, are, what was your your take for a Legacy Hit? Okay, so this is probably cheating because this is probably more of a modern hit than a legacy hit, but I wanted to talk about it. Um, <laughs> sure. It's more of a legacy hopeful I, modern of two years ago. Hey, I don't know. I feel like I cheated. <laughs> but um, analyze the pollen. Um, so this card costs one green mana, and you can... So let me pull it back up. Uh, so one green mana. It's a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast a spell, you may collect Evidence 8. Uh, and what that is, is you can exile cards with total mana value 8 or greater from your graveyard. Um, so that is optional. And uh, the baseline for the spell is you search your library for a basic land card. Um, if you did collect Evidence, then you get to search for a creature or any land card and put it in your hand. Um, so it's very similar to Traverse, which was not really a card that broke into Legacy, so it's that's why I'm like, maybe this is cheating. But I think this card is just really strong. Uh, like, we're in a world where people are just playing, um, what is the stupid black cycle? Troll of Casadoom. 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, what, seven mana naturally? Uh, six mana. Six? Okay, so, you know, you cycle that, and then you, like, cast a Force of Will or get your Orcish Bowmasters countered or whatever, and all of a sudden you have a one-mana tutor for any creature in your deck. Uh, yeah. That just seems very, very easy to do. Uh, like, your graveyard gets filled a lot, and I understand a lot of those cards are going to be, you know, fetch lands or wastelands um, or wastelanded lands, but you, you do just have those free spells, the Force of Wills, the Force of Negations, the Trolls. Um, I've seen the White Cycler get played in Legacy. I've seen the Red Cycler get played. I haven't seen Ent, and obviously Lorien Refield get cycled. Um mm-hmm. So it just, you know, it's very easy to get very expensive cards in your graveyard very fast. Or, like, if you are playing Rug Delver, let's say, and you have a Dragon the Rage Channeler out, you cycle, like, you play a Ponder, the Ponder surveils, hits a Murktide Regent, you bend the Murktide Regent, the Ponder resolves, boom, you have your eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's not hard to get to the eight. I mean, it, especially in Legacy, with... Between Days, Force of Will, uh, Solitude, Fury, Endurance, uh, you just accidentally get there. I, I I feel like the the evidence thing, and I think just in general, the mechanic evidence, I'm having trouble imagining how easy it is to hit it, but like I think it's like the same thing with, with Dredge, that you're going to look at it and be like, oh, eight's not that many. Eight's two cards? Oh, I got that. Uh, and I think that's going to happen a lot with these types of cards, where you see that cost of eight, and you're like, "That has to be, that has to be too much." I think it's fine. This is a really interesting mechanic in general, too, because it's one of those things where every time Delve comes back, we're like, "This is stupid." <laughs> like, mm. why did you give us like a two mana eight eight? Why did you give us a one mana four four with Trample? Why did you give us a one mana five? Or what is Tasker four five? Yeah, four five. Four five. With yeah. Upside, like. Mm. Why did you give us treasure cruise? Why did you give? Why did you give us dig through time? Like I don't understand. It's like they just keep coming back. But this is like, I don't know. It's kind of like delve, but you actually have to put some amount of thought into it, but not like a ton. Um, so it's. I, I'm definitely curious to see it, like just a better, better version, uh, and, and by better I meant like actually like better created. But I'm also yeah. curious to see if it's better and it's more busted. Uh, but I don't think the cards themselves, like, I don't think the effects on these cards are as strong as the strongest stealth cards we've seen. No, they're not ban-worthy cards in multiple formats. But they, I mean, they're definitely, there definitely is potential there. Um, and, you know, this is also not to mention, like, the fact that, like, this on turn five or whatever is going to nine times out of ten just be a, a tutor for whatever creature you want, which is... I think fine. Um, just playing the the natural game of, hey, here is like you said a Murktide. I'm gonna cast Murktide. Uh, oh, you have days. Oh man, that's awful. I'm gonna exile my Ponder and my Murktide. <laughs> it's like ah oh, no. And I'll find another Murktide. Let's go. I'll find another Murktide. Let's do it again. And also like this actually does specifically with Murktide. Um, this does have the synergy of being able to oh. pump up your Murktide. <laughs> yeah. Um. This would actually and it's, be a or funny... greater, so you can just be like, "I'm just gonna exile my whole graveyard." Oh, thank you. You're dead yep. now. Uh man, good times, good times. Uh, yeah. So that's a. I think that is a good pick. I think there's definitely a lot of potential there. 
Um, and also, I think that would be interesting with the cradle control list. I, I don't know how hard it is to get the proper amount of uh, evidence for that deck, though. But I wonder if, you know, like you discard a natural order, they kill a fiend artisan, and they kill a... I guess not... I don't, I don't want to say bowmaster, because they usually only play one in the deck, but... I think it's not terribly difficult to get up to eight men in that deck either. I don't don't know if that's an effect you want, but you do have a number of basics already, so that kind of that would kind of work for you. I do think it's harder in that deck, but mm. yeah, I mean it's doable. Like right, like that's that is a Gris deck, so they're already putting yeah. cards in the graveyard. Um, oh, ooh. and then it's also a snuff out deck. Mm-hmm. Oh, snuff out's huge. Oh yeah. For like a, a zero mana way to get four <laughs> added to that cost, like that's that's really nice. Um, yeah, endurance is like a, a, a slam dunk in my mind too, just because you're already in green. Um, obviously, exiling a card to endurance is kind of annoying, but it, like still being able to put that in the, into the graveyard uh, for free is really nice. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I want to think about that one more. That's that's a really good one. Um. There was actually one that... Okay, so we're... We're at the favorite. And I I have two, because I... You get one. I thought I actually... I, uh, <laughs> fine, I get one. Fine. I... Favorite card that I think is, like, really, really, really sweet. Uh, going off script here, folks. This is Billy Unhinged. Um, slime Against Humanity. Um, it was a card I had listed, and I, I guess I lost it, but I love this card, and I think it's amazing. Uh, I don't know how good it is, but I think there's a lot of interesting things that you can do with the card. Uh, for those who have not seen Slime Against Humanity, which, one, the pun, which is fantastic. I don't know who named this thing, but they deserve a medal or, like, a, a cronut. I don't know. Just, I'll figure that out later. But Slime Against Humanity is too generic and a green uh, for a sorcery. Uh, it's a common again. Um, create a zero zero green ooze creature token with trample. Uh, put X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is two plus the num- total number of cards you own in exile and in your graveyard that are oozes or are named slime against humanity. And a deck can have any number of this card. So, again, I, I think those effects where it's like you can have as many as you want. They're usually pretty cute. Not particularly great. I don't think I've ever seen a a relentless Rats deck take over the uh, standard metagame. I don't think um, the Partitioners are ever going to become the best deck in Modern. But uh, I think when you start <laughs> playing with this card a little bit more effectively, the fact that it's actually three mana is actually kind of a benefit um, because it does put you into the situation where you want to have um, be able to pl- play it on turn one. So it incentivizes you into playing cards like Chalice, um, well, sorry, in Ancient Tomb and City of Traders, which also puts you into wanting to do Chalice. If you're going to be doing stuff like that, you want to play things to help get out the slime a little faster or maybe just play a turn one um, Chalice of the Void or whatnot. So su- suddenly mana effects such as Chromox end up pumping up your slime while also letting you play the slime faster while also letting you control the board a little bit more effectively. Um the fact that you also can pump up your slimes just by exiling them, obviously with Chromox, that's huge. But also this also works with things like Endurance. It works with things like Force of Vigor. 
Uh, you have a lot of ways to put them into exile. And if you're feeling really, uh, feel really, really nasty, right, you can also try to do this uh, with, uh, what is that card called? The the artifact, the three mana, the mulligan one. Um, serum powder. Serum powder, thank you. Yeah, you can, you can play serum powder in your deck, uh, which allows you to exile your hand if you have um, serum powder in your opener, and then you can uh, essentially draw a new hand. Uh, but putting those seven cards into exile ends up actually being really, really nice. And with the timing of uh, where you do the mulligans and things like that, you can really just, like, put, like, you know, maybe five, maybe ten cards into exile with a number of serum powder effects. And then you play your first one, you're like, cool, I've got I've got to turn one, 10-10, go. And see how your opponent handles it. Probably not well, because that's terrifying. But I, I think there's a lot of potential here. Uh, I don't. We've seen a lot of Stompy decks do really well over the past, I'll say, year and a half, uh, optimistically. Uh, I think between, uh, you know, what Goblin's kind of doing now, uh, becoming more of a, of a Stompy deck, we're seeing Initiative continue to be really strong. And also, like, there's, like, Mono Black. There's a lot of things popping up. I think this has the potential to be the card that actually gets you excited to play a mono green uh, Chalice of the Void deck. So I, I'm excited about this one. This one I'm definitely going to try to jam on Moto as soon as it's available. I, I'm really excited here. Yeah, I definitely uh, have already seen a list from somebody. I can't remember who it was. That was just like this card, uh, Chromoxes, like you said, Chalices, Serum Powders, and then like Surgical and Extirpate. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do that, too. Yeah, you, you can exile not not even all of them from your deck, right? I can surgical, I'll take uh, 15 of the 20, and my deck size is significantly smaller, and I also have, you know, the potential to play a 17-17 for 3 mana. Like, that's fine. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, you can just make them all lethal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I think this card's really sweet. Um, I'm hoping we see a deck with this. I, I just, if we don't, I'll be very, very upset. Uh, a lot of lot of cool potential here. Um, and the fact that it, like, goes from, like, well, one, uh, the fact that it's Exile and in Graveyard, I think, is, like, unnecessary, but much appreciated. Uh, also, the fact that the Uzis have Trample naturally is just huge. Uh, I I think that's, like, the hidden text. I was, I was joking with XJ about that, like, the trample is only there if you know that trample is there. And now that you know that it's there, you'll also now die to people having trampling oozes. All right. Well, what is your uh, your favorite card from uh, Murders at Karlov Manor? Uh, Undergrowth Recon took my, uh, took my vote. Like I said, Alyssa Masquerade was, uh, was doing well, but we're going with Undergrowth Recon. Um, I would not play this card anywhere outside of casual EDH, which means I am never playing this card. So that is a little bit <laughs> unfortunate to say about the card I just called my favorite. Um, uh -huh. But uh, one green green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target land from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Um, in a perfect world where I just got to do fun stuff with magic all the time and I didn't care about winning, which... Don't get me wrong. I understand I can just, like, choose to go 0-4 whenever I want. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe I'll do that at like a weekly or whatever. Um, I don't think I could do it through a Moto League. I think I'd be too frustrated. Uh, <laughs> Paper Magic's more fun though. Um, so I want to play this in a deck with Spelunking and mm, Mystic okay. Sanctuary, um, which means it can't be modern, which sucks because this could only ever win it modern. <laughs> and then I just want to like take infinite turns. <laughs> Yeah, just like at yeah. my upkeep, just return, return Mystic Sanctuary untapped because of Spelunking, and just hey, let's go. Time warp, time warp, time warp, time warp. Um, yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's cool. Um, and like I mentioned last week, right? Like I played uh, Court of Ardenvale in in mm -hmm. uh, Depths, and I think that I mean that card is obviously stronger than this card is, right? But this is giving a similar effect to what I was getting out of there, where you just get to wasteland your opponent every turn. Um, you know, it coming in tapped is a little bit awkward because guarantees they have a turn. But, mm. you know, I just... Um, I do think that this could be strong with, again, wasteland, strip mine, ghost quarter, uh, any any of those kinds of effects. Um, and anything where you're pitching lands for value and they come back. I, I just... I generally enjoy these kind of slow value-based enchantments, and it lets you cheat on mana, and I love cheating on mana. Um, you know, starting to cheat on mana when you're already at three is not necessarily the strongest thing in the world, but I don't know. I like it. It's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely, that is definitely a good a good effect. That That's actually, and the art is stunning. I, that's one of the cards that I was looking at, and it's like, I just like love everything about the... Uh, it, for those who haven't seen uh, Undergrowth Recon, uh, it is a uh, figure holding a camera up to their eye. You see the reflection of, in the lens, but you still see a close-up of the, the the focus of the photographer. Like It's a really beautiful piece. Um, I'm actually not sure who did it. I want to check that. Um, Ryan Pankos. Pankos. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic art. So, Ryan, I'm sure you're a listener. Great job. Fantastic. Um, I definitely, that's one of those cards I would definitely want to get a, a print of it, I think, at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that was actually the next category, was a favorite art, um, so that is Billy's pick. I also do like the art, and it did contribute towards it being one of my favorite cards, but I didn't want to rob you of getting to talk about it. Um, Thank you. I'm here for you, buddy. Um, which brings us to the last one, which is my favorite art. Um, there is a dog token, and that dog is adorable. Um, and it is actually based off of a real Magic player's dog. I can't remember the name of the Magic player, uh, but I saw them post about it on Twitter. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and having your dog immortalized in any uh, format that's not stuffed, I think it's a really cool thing to do. So uh, definitely uh, kudos to those people. Actually, you know, now that I've said that, I think it was actually a secret lair that was based off a real player's dog. But... And my heart, this one is based off a real player's dog, too. And that dog is still adorable, regardless of if it's real or not. Very true. Very true. Um, I, one one thing I do want to point out, too, I, we, we did look through some of the commander cards. I don't think there's really any high-impact commander cards. I say this now with bated breath, but um, th there really isn't anything that I think is going to affect um, legacy from, from this set. So you can... Relax a little bit. I'm sure something will pop out. Oh, it always does, but um, nothing, nothing pops out. No, 
uh, noticeably to me. I'm not sure if you saw anything. No, I will say when I was looking through the commander cards, I was like, do I want to just be a troll and like for modern hit or whatever, pick like lightning helix? <laughs> mm-hmm. Legacy banger. <laughs> Swords to plowshares. I did yeah. it. I found it. Crushing it. Yeah, no, it's it's very very low um, power level for the for those cards, and even same thing with the clue cards. Like there are some cards from the clue set that I think are really neat, but I don't think they're like warping effects. There's definitely some for EDH I'm interested in, but I'm not. I'm not super worried about you know having to buy fifty dollar uh, true new nemesis um, this weekend if I were if I were going to heart. All right, well. I think that's it for us. I think I gotta I gotta put children to bed. Apparently, um, I will say um, just a, a because I forgot uh, the drama lock uh, special guest promo is beautiful as well. There's definitely some other other cards in here that are beautiful. I've been obsessing obsessing with some of the art here, but uh, yeah, beautiful set. Uh, I'm interested to see what it does to the format. Uh, I'm hoping and. I'm hoping that we see some something pop out. I think it's always interesting to see some cool stuff in, in week one and two of the of the new format. But um, I, I'm not anticipating anything huge. I'm not. I, I hopefully you're in the same boat. Uh, yep. Yeah. So uh, I guess with that we should uh, we should head out. Yeah. Uh, Maps and where can people find you? Um, so you can find me at Expedition Map on Twitter. Um, especially, you know, let me know if you, well, I guess let us both know if you liked us doing this format. I think it was more fun than other set reviews. Um, mm-hmm. Also, as a heads up for the listeners, I don't know if I will be around next week. I don't know if I will be around the week after that. I think I will probably be around the week after that. And then I, I, I undecided though, and then I might be gone the week after that. So, you know, just February, if you don't hear from me, <laughs> uh, I am alive. Um, and I will probably, I'm sure I'll still be talking to Billy on a regular basis. I might even help him with show notes. And But unclear how much I will be on for the next month. But don't worry. Come uh, come March, I'll be back. It'll be like I never left. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. And when he comes back, I'll be gone for all of March. <laughs> and then we get to April, we'll both be gone. <laughs> and then Construction Criticism will just take over our show for that month. It's going to be really wonderful. Um no, uh, but it, seriously though, uh, yeah, you you might be gone a little bit, but we'll we'll see. Um, our friend Alex is going to be uh, sitting in uh, the next couple weeks just to make sure we have at least two people. I know uh, the solo episodes are some people's favorites and some people's not favorite, so uh, we'll we'll keep the two guest format uh, for the month of February, and then uh, yeah, March you'll come back and we'll we'll jump right back in, which will be cool. I think it'd be cool to have an episode with me, you, and and Alex. I think that'd be a fun time. Well, as long as you keep me like apprised of when you guys are recording, like I might pop in, like I might just do half an episode. I I don't know. Uh, we're playing it very loosey goosey. Basically, uh, for the listeners, I am traveling for weeks. Uh, and you know, I want to make sure, and I've done this for most of them. I want to take some time off to make sure I'm prepared going into the RC, uh, some last minute testing, um, and also just like a lot going on. Uh, like I said, with all the traveling, uh, some stuff going on at work. And so I just want to make sure I have some time to myself and some time to spend with my wife. Um, I will still be applying magic and we'll definitely be back. 
Um, I guess if you are interested in uh, finding Maxon, obviously you can find him at SCG Hartford this weekend. Uh, if you're interested in finding me, I am at Bad Luck Bandit on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the social stuff like that. You know where that is. You know I don't need to tell you. Uh, but I do need to tell you, uh, you know that our uh, sponsors. Uh, Heavy Play, and Magnolia Games, which hopefully you heard the promo in the beginning of the show for that, as uh, both of those uh, amazing companies uh, as well. Check them out. They both do fantastic stuff. Uh, if you want to get uh, really cool products to protect your cards, you can get that from Heavy Play. And if you want to get really cool cards, you can get them from Magnolia Games. There's an affiliate link in our link tree on Twitter, so just check that out, and that'll take you to the page and then you can buy cards to your heart's content and then we get a little something to help su- help support us while supporting your modern or legacy deck yes please 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 use that affiliate link and if you purchase from heavyplay.com please use code darkdeps 10 to save 10 percent off your first order um they will also be at both hartford i think uh they will definitely be at denver and they'll be at chicago i will also be at all of those um I think I might do something where, like, the first couple people that find me on the day, maybe I'll give you some uh, free heavy place leaves if you're, like, one of the first two people to come up and ask me about them or whatever. Number's undecided, but you can try. The worst thing I can do is say no. Um, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, the, they, I don't think they'll be at Hartford, but they definitely will be at Chicago. They'll definitely be... All right, I guess with that, uh, I'll see you... Ooh, I won't see you next week. Uh... <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> I will see you at some point in the future. Sounds good. Yeah, bye. Gavin Maya taps for green, the scene sees reclaim. Untap sack of flagstones, go seek the planes, then tutor up the stage to pull out your playbill. Dark this podcast, our in Billy Mitchell and Michael Mapson on the microphone, dripping in mox diamonds, the collector of curtains up on act one of this magic show. Setting the forest so dense it looks decomposed with red McCrary nights, crush against death shadow. On the legendary lake covered in ice and snow. Underneath the surface looks a lonely evil. An avatar so dark it could cause a people the night lunges forward going for the kill but death shadows too tricky it just won't sit still it's stuff in denials compile a stack so thick the bazooka bug emerges with Gurmax angling the night takes a swing at the zombie fishes but falls submerged for such a distance forsaken in the haze of the street rape fringes who want to suffer out they don't sleep forgiveness the final breath draws a deafening silence a sound so sinister no one could describe it it's like the subtle cracking of a turtle shell or the surgical extraction of emerging hell the shards of ice feel a force of vigor the looming fear releases growing bigger and bigger until a demon's fingers linger toward the shadow of death an all-consuming hush the land goes swept the night washes up frozen on the ice dried arbors thaw her out in the green sun's light an expedition map suddenly unfurls revealing merit lage has rearranged the world 